speaking with both Chantel and Joe Leo, the producers of the show, we actually discussed leading with the World Cup just because I'm so miserable. And I would love to just do three hours on the World Cup because what happened with Qatar uh, losing to Ecuador 2-0 earlier today, I feel like we should just talk about that. So line up the calls, 800-919-3776. I mean, I, I guess embarrassing would be too harsh, but becoming the first host since 1934 – to not previously have played in the tournament and the first host ever to lose its opening game feels like that's a conversation we should have, right? Like, we, we should just do three hours on that, line up the soccer calls, 800-919-3776. USA is playing tomorrow at 2 p.m., and, you know, that's, that's worthy of a conversation, so let's do it. I wish we could. I wish we could talk about the Knicks because they lost again today by 21 to the Suns. No Chris Paul, no Cam Johnson, no problem for Phoenix who had lost four of its last five games coming into today. But, you know, the get-right game always seems to be playing the Knicks, who once again saw R.J. Barrett struggle in addition to Julius Randle struggling. But that is definitely something we will get to as the show progresses. The Nets right now in action, welcoming Kyrie Irving back to the fold. They are leading by eight, about six and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, Kyrie Irving going to the free throw line. He returns. And actually, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. I'm sorry. He returns to the to the action. The Nets look pretty good. Ben Simmons off to a a nice start in the midst of a a, a pretty good stretch of games. So uh, excited to see what that could mean for the Nets. The Giants lost earlier today. I tweeted yesterday. I could not understand why the line on that game was Giants minus three, and I understood that eight of their nine games this year came down to one score. Uh, the Seattle game notwithstanding, the only game that you know they lost by two touchdowns in Seattle, that was right before the bye. I just couldn't understand how a Lions team that was dreadful 3-6 and six coming into MetLife Stadium against the 7-2 and two Giants, how they could be favored. But, I mean, we, we saw it today why they were favored. They won the game outright. And that was a pretty pathetic loss for the Giants. Daniel Jones, his worst game of the season by far. Saquon Barkley was a no-show. Credit to the Lions' defense. But you know, the Giants, that's not a game you can lose, especially ahead of this showdown against the Cowboys on, on Thanksgiving Day. But I've delayed it long enough. Uh, five minutes into the show, we will now get to what we saw from the New York Jets at Gillette Stadium this afternoon in Foxborough with an opportunity to snap a 13-game losing streak to Bill Belichick. And they completely fell apart at the most inopportune time. So my question to you at 800-919-3776, is that the worst loss you've ever experienced as a Jet fan, if you are a Jet fan? Because that punt return for a touchdown, check this out, was the first punt return for a touchdown this season by any team. 84-yard touchdown for Marcus Jones, a rookie that coming into the game, I'm sure Jet fans have never even heard of, and now that's now 14 straight losses to the New England Patriots, the longest current streak in the NFL. And I really did not know what to do with myself. After the game, I'm speechless. I, I, I didn't even watch the highlight again until like 20 minutes ago just because it was so devastating. And I actually contemplated hitting up John and Ryan like, yo, I'm not feeling good tonight. <laughs> Can we uh, put some network programming on? Freddie and Fitzsimmons, I'm, I'm sure they could take it home for us as the, as the Chargers and Chiefs are in action. So let's, let's get their thoughts on that game because I have no interest in discussing what might have been the worst quarterback game I've ever seen. And I don't think that's an overreaction because Zach Wilson was dreadful. Don't worry, we're going to get to him in a moment. But for the Jets to, to go from 
the high of beating Buffalo, that that game-winning field goal, and then your defense comes out and, and shuts Josh Allen down. You force the the, the the sack. He recovers it. And then, you know, Sauce Gardner is able to break up the final play of the game. And the Jets escape with a victory against a team that many people predicted to win a Super Bowl, led by a quarterback that many predicted to be the MVP. You're 6-3, and three, flying high heading into the bye week with revenge on your mind as you head to Foxborough. And no fault of the defense who played exceptionally well. And I actually feel bad for them because they played their hearts out. That was one of the best defense games I've seen from the Jets in, in quite some time. And to come full circle from last year, them being the single worst defensive unit in all of football, to right now you could argue is top two, maybe even the best defensive uh, unit in, in the sport. To see them go out there and do what they did today against that Pats offense, and I know Mac Jones is, is you know not one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's no Mahomes or Herbert or Burrow, but to, to completely stymie that offensive attack, holding them really to just three points was so impressive, but also depressing in the sense that they did everything they could to win that game. And what it came down to was if the defense was not going to score points, the Jets really were drawing dead. Because Zach Wilson, after the three-interception game against the Pats a couple of weeks ago, you know, we felt like maybe he had learned something. He clearly didn't. He clearly did not learn anything. And now we're wondering, did we actually get the answer to the question of, is he the franchise quarterback? Because I tweeted it out, at Ty D. Butler on Twitter, Instagram as well. I tweeted out earlier today before the game. There were two tweets that actually you know, came back, and it's not going to be comedic. I said, today's a good day for Zach, for the first time ever, to give us the, this is the quarterback of the future game. For the first time, we haven't had Zach do that, which is why it's still a question. And he's been hurt by injuries uh, in back-to-back seasons. So, you know, the, the lack of consistency being under center was, was always going to be a, a legitimate problem as far as his development and his growth. But asking him to have that coming out game, he went 9 for 22 for 77 yards. And we're going to go through all the numbers because it just gets worse and worse and worse. But my fear is Zach Wilson not only lost a Jet fan base, but he might have lost a locker room, which is why it is a legitimate question going forward whether or not this guy can start another game the rest of the season. And why is it a legitimate, a legitimate question? The Jets are pretty good. They're 6-4. and four, And the, the brutal part of the loss is – as I was explaining last night, the variance in winning the game and being in sole possession in the first place because the Dolphins were on a bye and you, and you hold the current tiebreaker over them since you beat them a couple weeks ago. And the loss meant you drop all the way to last place. So now you're staring up at New England, Buffalo, and Miami. With, with two of those teams, you've already beaten. And it's just so funny that you get swept by the worst of the three teams. The Pats... The Pats are not good. That's what's so frustrating about this. Because it's like same old Jets losing to the Patriots. The Pats aren't even good anymore. They've played better. The defense have co has come on strong. Judon, uh, 13 and a half sacks in 10 games. I believe that's a, a franchise record uh, for, for the Patriots. But to 
to have this team not even be good anymore and they still beat you. Oh my goodness. That's that's just that's that's rough. That is rough. That's rough. So Mike Greenberg puts this out on Twitter earlier. If Zach played like an NFL quarterback in either game, the Jets would have swept the season series. I added to that. So not only do they sweep the se- season series, they beat them handedly. Like the first game should have been a blowout. And this game, if they had any semblance of an offense, would have blown the doors off of New England. So I'll get to your phone calls in a moment. 800-919-3776 as we react, react to the Jets losing this game. And also, if you're a Giants fan and want to call in about the Lions game, uh, we can take your calls as well. 800-919-3776. But before we get to a break, I'll leave you with this. Because it's sad. So not only if you had gotten just competent quarterback play. The Jets beat the, Pat- the, the, the Patriots two times. You know what? Where we would be sitting? Seven and two. The Jets would be right now tied for the number one seed with the Chiefs in the AFC. But somehow, your quarterback continues to hold them back. So instead of being tied right now with the Kansas City Chiefs for the number one seed in the AFC, you are in last place in your division, and now. There's no certainty that you're going to end that playoff drought. So 12 years could very much become 13 years. And that question at quarterback, we could get the answer that we never wanted. 800-919-3776. Taking your phone calls next. Right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. We head to the phone calls, 800-919-3776, and we start in Pennsylvania talking to Nick. What's up, Nick? What's up, Ty? <clears throat> so I'll preface my call with um, glad you have your own show. Love talking to you, listening to you. Thank um, you. I appreciate it. So, yeah, so com- I mean, compared to, like, the baseball and basketball where you can, like, take a loss and throw out the window, this one hurt. And now we have a whole week to go through this whole review and listening to all the, the analysts. And guess what? This, this is on Zach. And the fact that he went on his post-game interview and said it was not on the offense. And oh, we're going to get to that. Uh, yeah, we're going to get to that. Trust me. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's wrong, one, because you could have put any Joe Schmo behind that, behind that center, score six points, and you would have at least had a chance. He gave us no chance. And all the veterans in that locker room, how did you go now and face them after saying having that post-game? Like C.J. Mosley all the guys in the secondary who worked their butts off. I'm just mad. Now I have a whole week to, like, to, to, to listen to, to how bad they were. And this is a, a, a game we should have won. And I'm just genuinely like, just sad, man. You sound sad, man. And, and I, I'm yeah. with you. And I appreciate the phone call. It, it's, it's, it's an excruciating loss because of what was at stake. And, you know, first place in a division, finally ending that losing streak. And then psychologically – not having to, you know, withstand or try to overcome being swept by this team once again in pursuit of trying to make the playoffs, trying to win that division. So to have this, it, it, it almost counts like two losses because you lose the tiebreaker to New England, you fall to last place, and psychologically, as you just mentioned, like for him to say what he said, and we're going to hear from Zach Wilson in a moment, 
but he, he was asked if he feels like he let a t- his team down, and he said no. Like, what do you mean? He had three balls today that either could have or should have been picked off. One would have ended the game toward the end of of the fourth quarter, and it was right before uh, that that holding penalty on that final drive. Would have ended the game. He had another one that hit McCourty right in his chest, couldn't catch it. And then another one on the sideline, I forget who the DB was, uh, guarding, I want to say it was uh, Wilson. Or no, it was Ty Johnson running out of the backfield, a, a ball that was underthrown that could have been picked off. And and Zach was, was fortunate multiple times today. I mean, when you go 103 total yards, that's 2.1 yards per play. That like That's not a professional quarterback. Like, we were not watching a professional quarterback today. The Jets had two yards of offense in the second half. So that's now four shots that you've taken uh, for the stats that I've given you uh, to make you more depressed about what we watched today. I can't do it anymore. i got to give you a breather. We go to Tony in Queens. What's up, Tony? Hey, what's up, Mike? How you doing, Ty? Listen, Not good. I- I'm Not good this- at all. I- I'm-, I'm watching the same thing that you watched. And this next week is going to be the, the week that- that's going to open my eyes because prior to the, the draft being uh, taking-, taking place, I wanted Justin Fields. I didn't want this kid. I- I- we got exactly what I thought he was, this preppy, wise guy who thinks he knows everything and really hasn't shown anything. This guy needs to sit on the bench. They need to put in – Flacco or White, and see what happens with the team because they've got such a great defensive team right now. I'm so excited for that. But the offense, you can't get off the ground. And I don't know if it's the the coordinator doesn't believe in this kid or this kid just thinks he's so good and he's really not worth that number two pick that they, they chose him at. It just, that's exactly what I see. And it, it, it burns me. I'm a Jet fan for a long time, and I'm watching this guy. And I just can't believe that he's the quarterback for this team. I just really can't. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to believe, and I appreciate the call, Tony, that you could be in year two and still look this flummoxed. This is supposed to be the season where the, the, the quarterback, with the expectation of becoming a superstar, takes that leap. And it's everywhere throughout the league, with Lamar Jackson, with Patrick Mahomes, with Justin Burrow and, uh, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. It's all around the league. You either you either got it or you don't, and so far the early returns on this is that he just simply doesn't have it. And what adds fuel to to what is a dumpster fire is for him to go out there and and, and answer the questions the way he did. First, first off, I didn't even hit on this last night where he's taking shots at the media. No one outside this building knows what they're talking about. You know, he he went full Kyrie Irving. You guys are are are, are sheep. You you don't know what's going on. And it, it, it's offensive because, listen, we understand you're the quarterback of a football team. So I, I guess naturally you would know more than just the average Joe Schmo on, on their on their couch. But, dude, we we understand what we're watching, and you've stunk it up. You've held this team back. And for the defense to be that elite, despite getting nothing from their offense. Uh, that 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 deserves a lot of adulation because there's a lot of tired and dead legs out there, and, we, and we're still seeing you know them hitting hard, like the hit stick on, on Madden. There were a couple of missed tackles, but I, 
overall, to hold the Pats to just three points and lose that game is such an embarrassment. It's such an embarrassment. So that call brought up, that caller brought up uh, the exchange Zach Wilson had. So let's hear from Zach Wilson. Uh, and I believe this will include the reporter when he was asked about if he feels like he let the team down. As an offense, though, I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, the defense only lets up three points. I mean, do you, do you feel like you let the defense down at all? No. no. So there's zero accountability there. He just doesn't get it. He's immature. You can't stink and be immature. Like, that's not a good combination to have. And then have zero accountability? Come on, dude. Got to be better than that. Dillian in Plainview wants to talk it up. What's up? Hi. Um, this this really gets me how the, the Giants, you know, they had Manning and they had Beckham Jr., okay, and all these good players. And now you have these, these people, these Giants who, you know, don't get me wrong, man, they have these, like, coaches that get paid lots of money and count on the teams to win, and they just keep, they keep, I feel like they just, they're not, I feel like they should just, like, try much harder because they, they're, like, they're letting the team get, take the ball and just score runs. And yeah, just, well, and I appreciate the call, Daly. I, I don't know if this is a matter of the Giants not trying hard enough. I mean, they were 7-2 and two coming into today, a game back in the division of first place in the NFC East, a game back of the number one overall seed in the NFC uh, overall. So I, I don't know if it's about trying. They had a bad game today. Daniel Jones had his worst game of the season through two interceptions. The Giants overall as a team had three turnovers, and the Lions, who all year have been scoring points, capitalized on it. Now I guess the biggest concern would be how to Saquon Barkley against the 31st-ranked rushing defense, only go for 22 yards. How, how does Daniel Jones have more rushing yards than Saquon Barkley? But it's a one-off game. It's a one-off game. And for the Giants, I, I think the biggest concern is just now that you've amassed all these injuries with Wondell Robinson and Dory Jackson and a bunch of other guys are now hurt, you're on a short week in Dallas in a big division game. So 7-3 seven and, seven and three could become 7-4, and four, and all of a sudden you start to think, okay, wh when is this – losing streak going to end because right after the Cowboys game, you play the Commanders, who all of a sudden look like a, a, a functional football team. They won today, so they're six. They blew the doors off the Texans. They're six and five. And then right after that, you play the Eagles and then the Commanders again and then the Vikings. So that's five straight tough games against teams over 500, four of which come in your division, so it directly impacts you. Uh, and that and that concern, and then the Vikings, who uh, you know outside of losing today, have looked pretty good this season, eight and two. So I wouldn't, you know, be all that concerned about the Giants just yet. But, you know, it just starts with them getting healthy and Danny Jones not not playing as poorly as he did today. Danny in Oyster Bay wants to talk about the Jets. What's up, Danny? Danny. Oh, hi, Ty. What's up? Hey, what's up? First of all, Buck Showalter is Bill Belichick's mini-me. I just think they get out coached by this guy, the Jets. For some reason, he's got their number. Uh, obviously, if you came with a better team, you'd probably beat him. This team isn't that great. I used to say the Jet fans would have to wait for Brady to retire, but Brady never retired, but he left the Patriots. I guess they're going to have to wait for Bill Belichick to retire. <laughs> you know, the, the offensive line is a unique thing because you, you really have to be good at two things, running, you know, blocking for the run and blocking for the pass. 
And today, pass blocking is more unique, and it's coming where it's not done that good anymore. Offensive line is a position, you know, I think it's the last position in sports that you actually need a brain to play that position. Go, be can and go. 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 Go, go, be can and go. Go, be can and go. Drop him. Uh, he's clearly a troll. But Donnie in Middle Island wants to talk. What's up, Donnie? Hey, Ty. Thank you for taking my call. Appreciate it. Um, I just wanted to say that, you know, the, the people were kind of blinded in the beginning of the season because we had this uh, superstar running back in the hole that was really carrying the team and kind of opened up the game for Zach Wilson. So it was kind of just covering up the the inconsistencies that he that Zach Wilson had. You know, he's really not the answer for us as a quarterback, but I like how you said in the beginning of the show, you said the Patriots are a bad team. The difference is, is that they have a good coach. Yeah. So when you have a good coach, you can you can make up for some of those those bad things like I'll Bala let you continue, really, Donnie. Let know. me I'll let you continue. I, I don't think this this was came down to bad coaching from Salah. I, I didn't come out of this feeling that Robert Salah got out coached. I think Mike LaFour uh could have done more creativity wise as far as the offense was concerned and, and having two weeks prepared to prepare for this defense it just did not look like they were any more prepared than they were when they first played them uh, so I thought initially Zach like escaping the pocket running stro- forward instead of running backward I felt like there was something to be encouraged about but there just wasn't enough you know dynamic play calling and, and even Garrett Wilson took some shots at the coaching staff after the game but, heck, but go ahead continue I I understand. I understand what you're saying, but you know we've been talking with this coach about this is not the same old Jets, right? This is what he preaches. Like he's been saying this all season. I'm taking receipts, so I want to say to Coach Salah, I'm I need to show you all the receipts of all the quarterbacks jerseys that I have purchased throughout the years of failed quarterbacks that we have chosen for this team. So when you have an underperforming quarterback or offense, let's say and you don't make a change, and you're preaching this is not the same old Jets, in actuality, it is the same old Jets because you are the deciding factor. If LaFleur is underperforming, you need to make the change, not LaFleur. So the Jets fans have been asking for this change, and it's not happening. At the end of the day, we're in a good position. This is the best position we've been in for how many years? And we're going to let it ride with this quarterback? Yeah, and it's a fascinating question which is why i appreciate the call donnie if you are the jets going forward understanding that you have in your vicinity a playoff berth and that would be huge for the organization and it'll obviously be be big for this coaching staff in this regime to end the 12-year drought of not making the playoffs we're going to hear from robert sala when he was asked about considering a quarterback change but if you if you really do a deep dive and an autopsy on this game. Isn't it obvious that you're being held by your quarterback, held back by your quarterback? Which, to your point, is a tale as old as time. The Jets being a quarterback away. More of your phone calls coming up. 800-919-377 text. Hit us up on Twitter, Ty D. Butler. We'll be back in a moment right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show. On 98.7 ESPN. So you have to you have to really consider making the move if you are Robert Sala. He was asked about that today, and here was his response. 
No, that's the furthest thing on my mind. I've told you guys before, Zach's our quarterback, and we've got to find ways to help him get better. So I understand it's what you have to say. You have to encourage and give that vote of confidence to your quarterback because you don't want to lose him mentally. But, I mean, from just the performance standpoint and the lack of accountability, I, I saw another comment where he's, like, essentially blaming the wind. I mean, are you serious? This, it's just the immaturity is on, is on full display here. And if I'm the Jets' defense, I'm, I'm ticked off. Honestly, I'm ticked off. I saw a bunch of times today where the receivers looked at him and with displeasure. Berrios on, on a play, on a ball that he threw, uh, you know, so high uh, above him. Garrett Wilson on a play that he thought should have been made. And the same with Denzel Mims, who did have a drop today, uh, a critical drop uh, on one of the first couple of drives for the Jets that would have, you know, extended extended the drive, but. Three different times I saw receivers look his direction and like, you know, dude, what are you doing? The defense has to be red hot. So at some point, if he continues to go out there and looks this terrible, while the other facets of the game are doing their parts, he he could lose the locker room. And we didn't talk about the, the punt coverage and, you know, Brandon Mann. Yeah, w- was it a mistake to punt it to the middle of the field? Obviously, you want to get it to a side uh, to put your special teams unit in, in best position uh, to get him down. But it, it's hard for me to come away from that game with my instinct being to blame man because the quarterback was, was that bad. 77 yards. I mean, I feel like I Joe Leo could have done a better job at quarterback than, than Zach Wilson did today. That was pathetic. Steven Long Island, what's up? Good evening. How are you? Not good at all. And I know that we're I like trained you. to when someone says, how are you doing? You're supposed to just say good. Like even if you're going through the turmoils of life, you're just supposed to say I'm good in you. But I'm going to be honest, I'm not doing well at all. Yeah, no, I hear you. I'm a lifelong Jets fan. So when I hear you say, oh, you know, we, we're not supposed to know as much as the professionals. Well, I've been watching this team twice as long as Zach Wilson's been alive. So I think I do know a little about football, which takes me to some old memories. Not one good, not one not so good. I hope this doesn't turn into 94, where after the fake spike, they went into a tailspin. So this will really see how Coach Sala is a good coach or not. But the other point I want to make is when Coach Sala said, oh, Zach Wilson's our quarterback. Well, in 1985, yes, 1985, Pat Ryan started a playoff game for Ken O'Brien, who wasn't playing well. They won the game, and then Ken O'Brien played the next week. So it's not unheard of for a team to switch quarterbacks in the middle of a game and still maintain that starting quarterback the following week. Sometimes you need a spark, momentum, change of pace, whatever you want to call it. But again, this is the stubbornness of a coach who is sticking with someone for no reason other than I don't want to use the word ego, but probably more to cover the backside because they took this guy number two in the draft. There's a part of it that, that that's true. and It's not just him, but Joe Douglas. You've got a lot invested in, in, in this guy. It's hard to imagine. I mean, before the season, we said if, if Zach Wilson doesn't work out, it probably means the end of the Joe Douglas era, which means that, you know, Robert Sala not too far behind him. 
But I would imagine that because it looks like he's nailed these last two drafts with all these pieces coming, you know, coming together and producing for them, maybe he can get another shot at a quarterback. I had friends texting me today. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be available at the end of the season? Can we go out there and get Derek Carr? So we're already there. But I'll let you finish, Steve. Just Salah, you know how hard – and you've been watching football, you said. You've been watching football for 40-plus years. Do you know how tough it would have been for Mike White, not having played a single snap this year, to come into that game against that defense, against that coach and that environment? That that would have been an unforgivable position. I I would agree with you there. Then you know what? Then – Stop doing shotgun runs and do a traditional run. Do some pitch outs if you're worried about going up the middle. Again, how do you abandon the running game? I'm not saying that uh, Carter and the other one are, you know, Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders, but they are quality players that you take the pressure off Wilson. I appreciate the call, Steve. The only problem is Carter and James Robinson, who you were referring to, on 15 carries totaled a 29 yards. 29 yards, 15 carries. So they weren't getting anything in a running game. It was obvious that Bill Belichick is as high on Zach Wilson as the fan base is, and that's not very high at all. He said, we are going to shut down your running game and force this quarterback, who we have zero faith in, to beat us. And he couldn't do it. Quarterback rating of 24.4. We are going to force Zach Wilson to make – to make plays, make throws. We're not going to have Michael Carter escape for, you know, a 25-yard game-changing play. We're not going to have James Robinson leak out for a 17-yard game-changing play. We are going to stack the box and force your quarterback to beat us, and he's not going to do it. And that's what happened today. That's what happened. I didn't... I, at one point... And like at least in my mind, I flirted with the idea of, well, maybe we could go to the bench and, and go to the bullpen and bring a guy in uh, to relieve Zach because clearly he doesn't have it. And this is a game that is on the platter for you. It, it could be a season-changing win if you corral it. But as I just mentioned to the caller, that that is an impossible spot to be in. Mike White hasn't played all year. To come into that game in that environment, and I guess he's an NFL quarterback, but it's still tough. It's still tough. You just need Zach to make some throws. And this year he hasn't at all. At all. And I was talking to a caller last night who was was a staunch Zach Wilson supporter who wanted to give me quarterback record. He's 5-1. and one. He's 5-1. and one. Put some respect on his name. He's like, you and Buddha, who's on the line right now, I'll talk to Buddha in a moment, you and Buddha are, are being disrespectful to a guy that's 5-1. and one. That's a take that did not age well. Not age well. Because let's look at his wins this year. Total yards for Zach Wilson this year in his wins. 252, 210. Pretty good. 110 against Green Bay, 121 against Denver, 154 against Buffalo. <laughs> and interestingly enough, his, his career high in th- of 355 came on October 30th against the Pats when he threw three interceptions. And then today, his career low, 77 against the Patriots again. So he's now 0-4 against the Patriots. Seven interceptions, two touchdowns. 0-4. And today was by far his worst game. 
pathetic. Wolf in New Jersey wants to talk. What's up, Wolf? Wolf is here. And Ty, I'll be honest, you're becoming my favorite. I can't say I'm a long-time listener, but I am a first-time caller. Oh, wow. And I you're making all that. the points. Yeah. You're making all the points that I would like to make. Zach Wilson today was absolutely terrible. It might have been the worst performance I've ever seen from a Jets quarterback in the last 30 years. I've been watching for a long time. The issue that really gets me is, you're right, there is nobody to turn to. And my question is, why is there nobody to turn to? Why don't we have a guy like Gardner Minshew, who the Philadelphia Eagles picked up for a six-round pick on the bench? I mean, he's sitting there rotting away in Philadelphia. He has a four-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio. He completes over 60% of his passes. If we had that kind of play at quarterback, we'd be talking Super Bowl right now because our defense is, again, light years ahead of the offense. Our offense is way more talented than it was when Geno Smith, Sam Darnold had the reins. We have a quarterback who looks like he has never played the position before. He is airmailing screen passes. He is overthrowing six foot four wide receivers. And when he's not doing that, he's underthrowing them. He's got guys who are wide open. You can't sit here. And I know a lot of Jeff fans, they got a lot of problems. They've been suffering for a long time. But you can't sit here and blame the coaching staff. The coaching staff has done a phenomenal job. Salah has this defense on top of the world. This is one of the best defenses we've had. This is the best defense we've had since Rex Ryan. Yes. It's one of the best defenses in the NFL. Again, we're suffering from the 0-9-0-10 syndrome where we have a quarterback who cannot live up to the standards. This might we actually wish be worse. he was a game manager. This actually might he... be worse than Sanchez. No he, because... no, he, no, he is worse than Sanchez because Sanchez would be able to put drives together. Man. Sanchez could keep his offense on the field. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson today was a liability on the field because his defense is on the field for 80% of the game. And, mm-hmm. and Eccles is puking because he's tired. Yep. These guys are, are friggin' tired. They're getting injured on the defensive side of the ball because they're on the field all day. This is, he's a liability. You've got to put Mike White in. You've got to put Joe Flacco in. You've got to do something here because this kid looks like he's never played football before let alone the quarterback position. And we have a team who's ready to win now. You put Sam Darnold behind center right now, and he's winning games. You put <laughs> Geno Smith behind center right now, he's winning games. You put Kellen yeah, Clemens, Brett Ratliff, Luke Falk, any of these bums that we've had over the past couple of years, you put them behind center right now with this offense, this defense, they're winning games. Sanchez would obviously would win games with this team. The problem is that Zach is so much worse than probably 40 of the quarterbacks in this and in the NFL right now, backups. There are backups right now. Gardner here's Mitchell, how you, who are here's better how than you him. Know you've lo- here's how you know you lost the fan base, and I appreciate the call, Wolf. I'm up against the clock. When, when the commentary becomes, you can put Luke Falk behind center, and we'd be winning games. 
think you lost your fan base. 800-919-3776. We'll get to your phone calls. So once we get back from break, still reacting to what happened today in Foxborough with the Jets losing to the Patriots on a heartbreaking, heartbreaking punt return for a touchdown. Back in a moment right here on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> 